Hello and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I think I'm Ben Slinger. I'm pretty tired, so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. And by Trevor, I thought I was Ben. Oh, fuck, I don't know. I've had a pretty long day. <laughs> as have I. Yeah. So, Erica's doing... This is quite interesting, actually. Erica's doing this um, trades taster course. Mm-hmm. Where it's run by Swinburne, a univers- local university, and uh, basically you do four days, and each day you learn a different trade. You just do a, you know, there's an instructor, and you learn a bit about what it takes to do different things. So yesterday she did some bricklaying, and today she did some plumbing, and tomorrow she's doing some electrical. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously a full day sort of thing, and my parents are off on a cruise, so we don't have babysitting. Uh, <laughs> So my sister, my sister's been doing some, but today I basically had to take the day off and I had the kids all day, um, fun. which is, yeah, I mean, which is fun. You know, I don't get to do that very often with the three of them. It is a little difficult, <laughs> but, uh, and tiring, but you know, I mean, they were really good and, uh, I got to do some really sort of fun stuff with Taz while the girls were sleeping, which is great. Like we did some drawing. I, um, drew up a little like snakes and ladders sort of board game and he, told me all the things he wanted me to draw on there. You know, there's a cool a swing and the swing. So I said, all right, okay. <laughs> so the swing takes you from, you know, 23 up to 33 or whatever. And, there's, and he wanted a dinosaur on it. So I had to draw a dinosaur on it. <laughs> of course. Um, and, you know, uh, his whole thing, because I'd mentioned it the day before, and the whole thing was he wanted a dinosaur going down a slide. So that was when you got to the end, you got to go down the slide with the dinosaur. But that was fun. And we played it and rolled the dice and I had him, you know, counting... He's really good at counting the dots on the dice and then nice. not so good at understanding like which direction you have to move in on the board because, you know, I did the standard sort of up one way and then back the other up the grid. Yeah, see, that's just confusing. It is a little, but I mean, yeah, anyway, he, he started to get it. It was, it was He had a bit of fun. So, yeah, we did that and, and then I, I can't remember what brought me to it, but I decided to grab a, um, a stop motion app for the iPhone. And we did some like little stop motion videos. Oh, nice! Something I hadn't shown you before. So yeah, just I don't know. We just did some fun stuff and went for a walk for lunch. And... But anyway, like so, Erica, Erica's doing this thing where she's also been a bit sick, and yesterday really took it out of her because she was bricklaying all day, and she, she's just not used to that sort of physical hard labor. <laughs> yeah, hard labor. You know, as you know, I wouldn't be either. But it sort of really took it out of her, and she's been a bit sick as well. So. Even once she got home, I sort of still had to take point, um, which meant I basically had the kids for twelve plus hours straight today. So yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit zonked. And now but you hey, understand what it's like if you if you're actually working as a housewife. Well, that's it. I mean, Jesus. And of course, everyone's. You know, I posted on Facebook about it, of course, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's nice when you only do it once in a while. You get to do all the fun stuff." And like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you have to you, do the housework as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's completely true. Like, I didn't do anything around the house, really. I did a bit, I cleaned the kitchen a little bit this morning. But, but you know, I figured I don't get to do this very often. So, yeah, I will do the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it, of course. It was all that. It was all the people who do, like, who are um, stay-at-home parents who, who were commenting, of course. Oh, because, yeah, they, they are. They're with them all day and... But uh, no, I completely appreciate the work they do, and yeah, it, it's fun to do it every now and then. You know, before we had Taz, I, you know, I considered the idea 
and it just it doesn't work for us financially just because of where we are in our, in our careers but you know I thought it could be nice to be a stay at home dad there's a certain uh, I don't know there's a certain appeal to that I think oh, of course but um, the reality of the situation is that a lot of the time you can't even get by on one income nowadays so it's pretty much not not possible and with the with the wage gap that no, that there is a lot of the time it becomes like not possible no 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 it, it would not have been possible for us um you know eric is making a pretty good amount for what she's doing you know working a couple of days a week but yeah we obviously couldn't live off that even if she was well i mean probably even if she was making that full time if she was we might be able to scrape by but um but I mean, it's just it makes a lot more sense, obviously, for for me to keep working and and uh, be bringing in the higher wage. But but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was that was a fun day, but I'm pretty fucking tired. You're pretty fucking zonked. Yeah. What was your day like? So about two thirty this morning, James came into our bedroom, and he basically said that he'd been sick, mm-hmm. and Bianca That's what went you into. Like to hear. Bianca went into his room, turned on the light, and there's literally vomit everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> it's just like projectile rotated around the whole room. Uh, it's it was all contained to the bed. Okay, um, didn't get on any, any of his toys because he oh. sleeps with four toys in the bed. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so that, that was, was actually pretty good. So I gave him the quickest of baths this morning yeah. at yeah. like two forty-five, something like that. So anyway, I think we got back to bed about maybe quarter past three, three thirty, something like that. Yeah. All I remember is being woken up again as Bianca was hearing some weird noises coming from James's room. She went in and I hear James go, Oh not again. I'm like, Oh (laughs) no. So Uh, yeah. And it was like, I don't think I'm actually getting any sleep. So it was now, finally, James was cleaned up again. We'd worked out how to fix up his his bed so that we could still have the same mattress protector, but we just had a we had a sheet over it. It was rotated round, and that was down down near his feet, and you know his head was up the other end. Yeah. And Bianca went to the twenty four hour Kmart to buy a new mattress protector and also a new blanket just in case oh, he jeez. at like four in the morning at four in the morning oh god so anyway she finally came back about maybe quarter past five yep. in the morning and yeah i sort of was woken up around there because do you know the worst thing that happens if you know that your your partner isn't there your brain starts playing tricks on you and makes you think that your son is opening up his bedroom door and walking down the bloody corridor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm so you just kept kept imagining that. I kept on imagining. It. I kept on like closing my eyes and hearing something. I'd get up and I'd have a look and it's like, no, he's a, he's, he's still in bed. <laughs> well, the door's still closed. Right. And it was sort of like, oh shit. You know, I guess I'm just going to have to stay awake until she comes back and then I can yeah. go back to sleep. I mean, I know that sort of feel like once your brain kind of gets stuck on something like that, it's really hard to get it out of it and actually, you know, get to sleep. So, of course, what happens the second Bianca gets home, it's sort of like I, she told me, you know, how how she went picking up the um, picking up the mattress protector and the new blanket. 
I said, that's great. And pretty much went straight to sleep. <laughs> did you get to sleep in much? Um, she'd be till, up too, jeez. Till 7.30. Okay. And then James came in again. Yep. Not saying that he threw up this time, which was thankfully, yeah. Gee, I mean, sick. Kids it was so, so hot hard. last night, though. So we think it was actually the fact that he may have had like too much stuff on, and it was just too. Yeah, just, it's hard to say. Too hot. Imogen actually threw up a bit last night too. He sort of had a similar experience. Like Erica came in and handed me a slightly wet baby because she'd thrown up, and yeah, she'd done a similar thing and just sort of given her a quick half shower to to get it off mm-hmm. then I basically just like put her on my chest and half fell back to sleep which which is shitty of me because Erica had been sick as well like I probably should have got up and helped but um, <laughs> it was okay and uh, yeah like she she came in a bit and, and got her and put her back to sleep and, and it wasn't too bad I mean they woke up at 6.20 but that's not too bad anyway we've probably gone a bit bit too long about the, the minutiae details of our night but uh yeah they, it sounds like we both had pretty tough days and nights i'll tell you what was what was really interesting over the weekend uh-huh. um we had a couple of christmas parties because it's christmas time of course we do yeah of course you did it's christmas 2016 <laughs> yay had the big work christmas party on friday night that was a lot of fun and then we had like bianca's friend's place for a uh, Christmas barbecue, and that again was good fun. And then we loaded up the car for a nice big trip down to Morwell for a family Christmas uh, lunch. Jeez, so three in one weekend. That's three in one weekend. Jam-packed. So Morwell is about two and a bit hours away from here, from where we are. Yep. Um, how, is, uh, how is James in the car on a drive like that? Um, He'll usually either go to sleep or he'll just sit there and just look at all the scenery. Yeah, well, that's good. So we're driving, we're driving, we're driving, we finally get there, and we notice there's only, like, my mother-in-law's car, my brother-in-law's car, and, like, the owner of the house's car, and I'm like, have we been told the wrong date? I'm just thinking, I've just been, I've just driven two hours to get here. It turns out we'd been given the original date, but not the updated date, which is this weekend coming. Oh, Fuck. So you got to do that again? So we've got to do another four hours, oh, two hours geez. there, two hours back. Did you, um, like, we ended up staying there for lunch. Yeah, I was going to say. But it just means that, you know, we've gone four hours of driving for oh, God, no for reason nothing. whatsoever. Yeah, we had a uh, not quite similar and not quite as uh, uh, annoying, but uh, we had our work Christmas party on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're, it's a, we're a much smaller company than the company you work for. There's only about, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 people who came. See, that's not a party. My work Christmas party had over 2,000. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, well, hey, it was still a party. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, but uh, we just went bowling, uh, which was fun. I hadn't been bowling in a long time. But we'd booked out, like, their function room. And, okay. you know, one of the woman at work who organizes it all had booked it way back in September. So she was right on top of it. And we show up and everyone's standing there at the desk and they tell us that they've double booked. And <laughs> so everyone's just sort of standing around going, okay. And like a couple of people are trying to talk to them and 
deal mm-hmm. with it and figure it out and what the hell happened and what are we going to do? And uh, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know. This you is had maybe, the booking first. You... We did have the booking first. Someone who was maybe being a bit cynical, but it could be true, says that they rec- they reckon that they just took the other booking because it was more people. Although even even if they were going to do that, they could have fucking called us so we yep. could make other plans. Anyway, the other group who was supposed to be large didn't have half their people turn up, so they offered to share it because there are eight lanes in there and we didn't actually need eight lanes. Yep. And so we took half each. So that was okay. So it did work out. They the ended end. up getting the bartender because for some reason they couldn't share the fucking bartender. Like what? They couldn't put two tabs at that bar. So we had to go all the way like to the other end of the Oh, and it was that chance bowling side, wasn't alley. It? it was that chance side, yeah. Yeah. So I know that bowling alley pretty well. Yeah, that's a pretty long walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just Pain to get a drink. Ass. Just to get a drink every time. But uh but anyway, I bowled a one twenty seven. That was that's pretty good for me for not having bowled for some years. Um, how many dints did you put in the lane? <laughs> <laughs> I did get a few comments. Because, um, hang on, let let me just describe in detail what Ben's swing actually looks like. So he very slowly brings the ball back. And as he's swinging forward, he stops about right where his leg is and the ball just continues going. <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't try to bend down low to to bowl it down onto the ground. It's just no. it stops around about his knee. And he's a tall bastard, by the way. He's about that's it. I don't what, want to bend six, down three, every six, four. <laughs> six four, yeah. Yep. So he's just think back in if I bend down every time. Um, I think at the old lanes in Murrawbark, you nearly hit the roof and then it made an almighty crash. No, come on! I didn't nearly hit the roof. <laughs> I do think a couple times I made it at least. Bit. I do think a couple times I made it at least halfway down the lane before, before the it ball dropped. Hit the ground, <laughs> <laughs> There's something about like all, all our group. Whenever we bowled, it was really quite funny. It was never about the score. It was about how fast you got it down the lane. <laughs> oh, and when you get a strike on a fucking ball like that, like it is satisfying, man, because those pins go fucking flying. <laughs> But um, I remember one of the um, one of the main things that that we tried to do is get as many pins forward of the of like the, <laughs> of, the pin of, sweeper like the as pin possible. Setter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> knock them like bounce them around so that they. Oh, yeah. one one in the middle of the lane and one in each of the one in each of the gutters and trying to trying to keep as many <laughs> forward as possible. We definitely had a few like lane incursions as well where we'd like bowl so badly and so fast that it bounced into the next line. Oh, yeah. And also tricking our friends to, um, like, push push them and say, like, it's your turn, it's your turn, come on, bowl, 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 and then they bowl and the pin set is still coming down and they, sm- and they hit with the ball. <laughs> oh, God. We were horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are our kids going to be like that? Probably. Probably. Uh, I mean, it was all in good fun, but then then you get told that you know, um, the pin setter is actually a pretty delicate machine, well, and you can it, actually destroy right? it by just doing this that. Sort of destructive tendency that teenagers have, and I'm just not looking forward to having to deal with <laughs> with three teenagers at once. You know, yeah, that's those are going to be interesting times. 
We'll talk about that when we when it comes up. Because, <laughs> you know, we'll still be doing the podcast in... So in 13 years... 13 years. <laughs> in 13 years, we'll start talking about teenagers and all that sort of stuff. And oh, I'm sure it'll come You'll up have to be talking about teenage girls because, you know, I'm not sure whether we're going to have, yeah. have another one or if we're going to have and a girl. It may not be a girl, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so... What what have we got coming up in the next couple of weeks? We've got uh, the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's not even how that song goes, but... It's the change. most wonderful, wonderful time, time of the of year. year. I was trying to harmonise. I can't actually harmonise. Um, I did go... I went to a class once, like a singing class, that was um sort of... It was a, like a short course, I think again, Swinburne. Mm-hmm. This is years ago. This is before we went to Canada. This is before we even bought an old house. So it was like ten more than ten years ago. But um, there was a there was a cool class. They taught us to harmonise and how, how it stick. all worked. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was more of just a hitting bunch of people who and wanted hitting, to learn hitting yeah, the octave third, and, fifth and, and yeah, the octave. Yeah, but yeah, like it was a bunch of people who wanted to learn to sing, and some some weren't very good, which made it a little tricky. But uh, but in the end, we did like we you know practice songs and sh- and we did a bit of a recording and stuff. It was kind of cool. I wish I had the recording, but I don't. It's a CD hanging around somewhere, probably. Yeah, old CDs, old CDs can have a lot of weird songs on it. I I recommend not going going through stuff that you recorded <laughs> in the nineties. <90s. laughs> what are you kidding? That stuff's hilarious. I love I oh, love going a... back. I love going back to that old sort of stuff. Like we talked about last episode, like all the old uh, video Film projects, projects and stuff and, I did. Like yeah. I totally went back and just watched them all after recording that episode because, I don't know, it's just fun. It's fun to see the stuff we were doing and sometimes it ends up, you impress yourself with how good certain things were relative, and, in relative terms. <laughs> and sometimes you, you're like, oh, there's a lot of like... Well. <laughs> I could have could have done with a little bit of deinterlacing in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, you were singing about the Christmas season. Yes, continue. so <laughs> it is. It is coming no, up on singing. the most wonderful. <laughs> okay, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up on Christmas, as I said before, Christmas twenty sixteen. Because we know that people are, are going back in time and and listening to these old recordings in like twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Oh, I thought you were going to say people who are going back in time to try to prevent twenty sixteen from happening. No, oh, I wish. <laughs> Uh, what's the most devastating? Well, I mean, that, this isn't fair because there's certain things that affect a hell of a lot of people. But uh, one of the big things that people seem to talk about, and I don't know if this is actually statistically the case, but all the sort of celebrity deaths this year. Yeah, there seems to be some big. I think it's more. Deaths. Yeah, there's sort of some big ones like Prince that you didn't and expect. David Bowie, Prince and Bowie, and Alan Rickman. Well, and... yeah, I was going to say Alan Rickman. Interestingly enough, I feel like Alan Rickman almost hit me the hardest, and I'm not sure why. Like, he's definitely been in some things that I've really enjoyed, and I and I never really got into the music of Bowie and Prince, like, in a huge way. I enjoyed it, but I, I, I think Alan Rickman was just maybe the the person who who was in the th- more, most things that actually affected me in some way. So, I, yeah. yeah, I found that really sad and unfortunate. But I suppose the only good thing that I can think that has come out of 2016 is a certain two friends getting together and doing a podcast. 
God damn, thank you, Griffin McElroy and Nick Robinson, for getting together this year and making Cool Games Inc. That was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. They're not actually friends. That's just purely professional. They're putting it on. When the when the microphones are off, they're at each other's throats. Yeah, probably. No, this is totally this is totally our Bill and Ted moment. Like, if we went into the future, it'd all be two sweary dads, like we saved the world. But right now we're just two fuckers in a not quite a garage, but being shitty at stuff. Yeah. And just like just like wild stallions. Wild stallions. <laughs> Fuck I love those movies. <laughs> Uh, so do I. Yeah. So anyway, we'll finally get back onto what we're talking about. Oh, if we're coming up on Christmas. Yes, we are. So we've talked before about, you know, sort of Christmas presents and how all that sort of works. But a little thought, bit, yeah. Let's do a little bit of a, a, a revisit of, of what what the etiquette that... Yeah, um, and, and sort of Christmas traditions and stuff. Those sort of things. So, so do, you ha- do you guys have a Christmas tree up? No. <laughs> is this something you've ever done in your house? Like We we since... always put up a Christmas tree and James has been wanting to put up the Christmas tree for a long time, <laughs> but the problem is that we've got so much shit in the um in the land room that it's like right. no trying space. to find space. So hopefully sometime this weekend. Right. So you we can, will put up a Christmas tree. We will put up a Christmas tree. We always do. It's just Oh, and this year we don't actually have our usual present guard because you fuckers have got our bloody um, playpen. <laughs> right. I mean, James is old enough that he's not just going to... No. He's actually pretty good with that yeah. sort of stuff now. Yeah, well, we... Well, last year... No, not last year. Two years ago, we did have a tree. That's the only time that sort of Erica and I, as a as a family, with, you know, before kids or since, have had a tree. And, and that was because we were in Canada and we got to do the whole experience of tromping through the snow and cutting it down ourselves. Taking so the real a, tree. Taking a fucking sleigh ride out into a, into a forest, basically. Um, when you got home, was there a squirrel living in it? <laughs> no. So it wasn't like Christmas vacation? <laughs> well, I guess not. Like Chevy Chase? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember it. And Randy Quaid. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I actually just wanted to see what your reaction to <laughs> Randy Quaid was. <laughs> Jesus, nut job. Uh, funnily enough, like I said, like I was saying, um, yeah, like no spiders either. When when you're in in Canada, and I don't think they do this here, but they literally have a machine for shaking the tree. Like you put the trunk in the bottom, and it's sort of got a little guard around the top to keep it upright, and it just vibrates the tree. I think it's all. I think it's mostly also to just get like loose needles and stuff out. Yeah. But it also it kind of it, it shakes any bugs and things out of it. Although I mean, in winter you have less of them anyway. They're all fucking frozen solid. Yeah. But then, then, then they also just feed it through this machine, which like nets the whole tree up, like puts a big net around it, so you can easily carry it and throw it in your car or on top of your car. Like they've kind of got it down to this fine art. But do you have to drag the tree through the snow before that? Uh, I mean, or, a little or bit. Do they, yeah, you do. Yeah, you have or, to. Or does this machine just sort of, you know, go around, you know, launching over like the I don't <laughs> know what the snow dunes or whatever you want to call snow them. dunes, <laughs> snow drifts. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't live in a country that has snow. It has snow. I know. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Eric is missing it or not, but there is. It, it was fun. It was fun that year, for a while, until it was still fucking like snowy on the ground in March, and I'm like, fuck, over, over it. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It's like, you know, no, it's not. <laughs> it does wear on you. 
So, oh, we've never actually really talked about this. And I, I talked to someone who um, had come from, uh, well, they, they lived in Russia growing up. Okay. And then later on they moved over to America and they learned all the Christmas carols that were sort of sung. But then just recently they came to came to Australia and they're like, oh, so what sort of Christmas carols get sung here? <laughs> And I'm like, well, it's actually, like the they're, they're the ones, same as one, we're not as America. But, and then she goes, but they're all about like snow white Christmas and, and snow and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's how unoriginal we actually. The only are. original one we have is like, is uh, is it like six red boomers or something? I think it's Rolf Harris. Oh, it? probably. <laughs> Which I don't want to support Rolf Harris because he's like a kitty fiddler. I'm pretty sure. But... Oh, but he did have a bit of an effect on the Australian culture. And oh, and abroad, as he was basically the sort of the big Australian export of his day, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did have a song about, like, a Christmas song about Santa's sleigh being carried by big red kangaroos. Okay, that that's very very Australian. Yeah, that's pretty Australian. But I don't I don't know of any other. Like, can you even think of any? So the only one I sort of know of is people have adapted. Twelve Days of Christmas to Australian yeah, animals. But that's and that such a horrible stuff. song, regardless. Yeah, it's so just tedious. So, oh, I wanted to ask you the question. Yeah. Every single day, does does the um does the person send his true love all the animals that he he actually says? So, like or each is it time. just for? Yeah. So it's like the first day. First day is just a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, and then but the by second the end, day they've got twelve it's... partridges in a pear tree. Yeah, and. Two times eleven, whatever the two is. Yeah, turtle doves and all that two sort of turtle, stuff. Yeah. So I always come down on the on the fact doves. that I think they've got bloody, you know, twelve partridges in pear trees. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's if you take the song literally, it's like by the time it goes to the twelfth day of Christmas, it's on the twelfth day of Christmas. My true love sent to me all those things, and they've said that for every single day. Yeah. So. Just so imagine. that fucking love, the my true love, is an asshole. Why are you sending me all this shit? And how many, how many slaves maids of milking do I have? <laughs> how many slaves are you sending them? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what is it? Eleven drummers drumming. It's like, god damn, you're sending twenty two drummers. drummers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking wrong. Oh god. It's the only the only song I can think of in Australia that's actually been adapted for here, but I couldn't tell you what all the things are except for Yeah. Emu up a gum tree. Is that the like and an that's... emu up a gum tree? Yeah. That's dumb. Emus don't climb gum trees. Exactly, and they can't fucking fly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How the fuck did it get up there? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It should be a, like a cocky or something. That doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well. Yeah, and it, it's the word cock, so, you know. <laughs> maybe they yeah, at least you like to say cock 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> and a fucking cockatoo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, what's a better one? And uh, koala. You could kind of... You could kind of Kookaburra up a gum yeah, you, could, you could kind of jam koala. Like, koala's sort of technically three syllables, but you could say, like, koala. And a koala <laughs> up a gum tree with chlamydia. <laughs> it's sad but true. Yeah, yeah. For those if you're listening outside of Australia, most koalas have chlamydia. 
Just to really ruin the idea of a cute little gum tree, gum leaf eating beastie. Two Tazzy yeah, Devils with face yeah. cancer. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Let's just come up with the, like, the ruined version <laughs> of the Australian 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> Three extinct Tasmanian tigers. <laughs> Six mistreated refugees. <laughs> oh, fuck. Seven megabits down. One and a half megabits up. <laughs> <laughs> and lag that fucks up your recording. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so we've worked out that um, exactly what's causing some of the lag that Ben's been having lately. Yes, unfortunately, we might not be able to plug Zencaster this week. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's not their fault, but the, again, like, yeah, on the subject of the fucking shitty ass NBN, our, the tool we were using Zencaster uploads the MP3 that we're recording on the fly, which is great, except that our upload speeds are so shitty that it messes with our voice over IP recording. And obviously Ben's upload is a little bit worse than mine because mine doesn't seem to lag as much as what Ben's does. We're pretty close to the exchange here and... We don't get nearly the up up and down that we should, particularly the up. Anyway. What, what do you what do you get up down? Just to show uh, how shitty Australian internet ADSL is. A speed test usually shows like uh, maybe twelve, uh, maybe a bit more than twelve down, but no more, mm-hmm. no more than one up ever, ever. Usually. Less okay, so I'm about. I'm usually about thirty down and um, one and a half up, but I am on Optus cable. Right, okay, yeah. Cable's so I cheat a little bit. Better. Yep, we're still on shitty copper. ADSL 2. Also, I, it's just that the copper's a little bit different. Well, yeah, but it's, and it's, it's newer. It's HFC. And it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you know anything about the MBN, the the Optus cable isn't being pulled into the um into the NBN anymore. It's been totally... Oh, they're not doing that anymore? Not the Optus one. The Optus one didn't uh... come up to scratch. The Foxtel one still is. It's all and shit. Yep. And I was thinking, fantastic, you know, they, they're going to be able to go, you know, to the distribution point with the with the fiber. And it turns out that, no, we're just going to get the um, the Telstra cable when it comes down the street. So fucked. Like, yeah. for, they could have just... The only reason they didn't do it is because, oh, but that was Labor's project, so we have to destroy it. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus Christ, you fucking children. You are children. For the money they spent, they could have just built a top-class fiber network. Ah, oh, anyway. So anyway, uh, etiquette in Christmas. Anyway, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, 35 minutes in. We'll get to our topic, finally. So, one of the things that uh, we've talked about recently, offline, is whether the big presents should come from the parents or Santa. Yeah. This is an interesting interesting point, actually. So, anyway, now, what are your thoughts? When I grew up, all the presents came from Santa. Right. Nothing came from Mum and Dad. Okay. Well, very little came from Mum and Dad, but it wasn't weird and you never questioned it, and even if someone else got something that you kind of really would have liked yourself, you just let it go to, no, this is what, this is what I was given, and it was... This is what Santa bought, yeah. This is what Santa bought brought me so this is what i got and this is awesome yeah you know it was never i never now i think back i never actually thought oh 
you know, why is this person getting something that I really wanted and I didn't get it? Was was I not a good enough boy? Or why is Santa, you know, better better to him? This guy's a little asshole, or something this, like so. That, wait, are you know? talking about your siblings or other people? Other people, like right? Okay, friends in the street, yeah, you yeah, know, okay. who would get like a more expensive looking bike or something like that. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't recall thinking that as a kid. But, uh, so, I assume the reason you're bringing this up is that there has been something going around for a while now, uh, and I think Erica shared something, actually, along this along these lines, which is, if you're going to get your kids big presents, have them come from you, and have sort of the more smaller, cheaper stuff come from Santa, because if people, if, like, if friends of your kids who aren't as well off and can't afford those sorts of big presents, see that, oh, Santa brought you a fucking, I don't know, whatever, Xbox. <laughs> um, the kids... Santa bought you a yacht. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that kid got a couple of books and some clothes or whatever. You know, Then you can, you can imagine that kids would think, what the fuck? Well, maybe not specifically that, but... You know, uh, it can create some good fusion. Yeah, um, I, I certainly get where people are coming from on that. And I mean, but I think I think a big really part of it is, is less. Well, kids really don't think to that level. Well, but I think a big part of it. Do. Yeah, but I think a big part of it is like you and I may not have thought of that because you know, even if we didn't have parents who full on spoiled us or got us really expensive things, we still we got a. We got a pretty decent haul on Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. But I think this is more about, you know, there are struggling families out there who literally just can't afford to get a lot of stuff or expensive stuff for their kids. And so those books and clothes may literally be the only thing that person, that kid got. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I I mean, I'd see, I see where you're coming from because you're right. I don't think kids necessarily think that through to that point. But I mean, it depends on the age, I think. Yeah, I mean, Bianca pretty much wants to do it that way anyway, that the bigger thing should come from us because... And I think, and I think why not? Like, why... Yeah, I, I can certainly see that there's not as much, um, you know, there's not going to be any, or as much chance of, of something going wrong. Yeah, and and listen, why shouldn't us parents get their credit for the good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and also, once they finally decide, once they finally start to realise that maybe Santa isn't real, they won't be as worried that they're not going to get all the good presents anymore. <laughs> I just remembered something, and this is so random, but it was like I think it was about the year before I um I found out that Santa wasn't real. Yeah, and I don't know why I didn't twig at this stage. Maybe I was just a dumb little bastard. But basically, I was given a a Game Boy. So the Nintendo Game Boy for Christmas. Yep. And the original Game I was Boy. The original Game Boy, and I was also given a couple of games. Right. One of these games was uh, Kirby's Dreamland. Okay. Now, I open it up, I go to put it in, and there's nothing in the box. <laughs> okay. So there was no game cartridge in the box, and how do you play a game without a game cartridge? Well... The next day, we um, Dad took me down to Target, and he said, "Oh, Santa left us the receipt." <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, I still Santa remember... is a very nice guy. He's very 
jolly and he's very thoughtful. He leaves gift receipts. In this line, there are there are all these kids and a lot of them are crying. Like they were like <laughs> That's like that's gotta be one of the most depressing lines is the returns line or like the you know, the, the customer service line the day or on or after Christmas. So Anyway, there's all these kids crying, and I'm like, oh, why are all these kids crying, Dad? And I think I'm 11 at the time, and they go, oh, you know, they obviously all wanted wanted to play with their toys on, on Christmas morning, and sometimes this happens. That's why Santa gives leaves every leaves all the receipts. <laughs> and every, all the children, every child a receipt. So, like, the kids wake up in the morning, and their stockings are full of toys, and the parents wake up in the morning, and their stock is just full of the receipts from all the toys. They just happen to have the receipts. Yeah. Um, and then I think Dad actually said something about, oh, Santa made sure that we got, we got the receipts. And I'm like, did you talk to Santa? <laughs> <laughs> did you? I mean, my parents always said they talked to Santa. Like that they... But that they the they fact that I didn't twig for another, for another, like, three or four months is actually kind of funny. Yeah. But I just remember getting getting home and playing it for the first time. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is an awesome game. Not even thinking that what I'd just gone through is one of those typical things that I could have just gone, yeah, this is... This, <laughs> this is, is bullshit. This is all bullshit. But no, I kept the lie going for another little while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long did you get to play for before the, what, six AA batteries? Uh, it was only four. Okay. Um, Died. 24 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really liked the Game Boy. It was an awesome machine. Yeah, I never had... I My first... I had to buy myself my first portable... Uh, Game Machine, I think it was uh, uh, Game Boy Advance. I thought you were going to say Atari Lynx, and I'm like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> Atari Lynx, that wasn't portable, was it? Oh, yeah, the Lynx, I'm thinking the Jaguar. Yeah. No, not the Jaguar. The 64-bit machine. Oh, my God, I was so into all the, like, there's the Jaguar and the 3DO, and the Saturn, all around the same time, right? Yep. I think the Saturn, and they all just tanked, like, they were horrible. Yeah. Like, I, it... That's the last time that just major, like, consoles that were just going to be major things just, like, died in the ass. Oh, the next Sega one didn't do too, do too well either. With the, the Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Yeah, and I mean, that was kind of the nail in their coffin. But it was at least a pretty decent machine and had some good games on it. Like, there was certain certain things, I guess, that, that certain reasons why that failed and why Sega put them, didn't make any more consoles, but... Like the Dreamcast was a good machine. From what I, I heard, know, the I had was one. Shit, <laughs> Did you? I, I, I had I had two Dreamcasts uh, actually. Um, I don't remember I ever played your Dreamcast. So one of the best things I ever did, cash converters. I went down there and I I had, was looking through all their Dreamcast stuff. This is just after the Dreamcast had sort of gone the way of the dodo, right? And they were selling all their stuff really cheap. Now the the VMU or the video memory unit were yep. damn expensive things, like seventy five bucks. Oh each. god! And they barely did they even they didn't even do much, did they? They they were a little screen, but they were yeah. also your memory unit, so they were the only way that you could actually save your game. See, that's probably um, one of the reasons why they failed, because like you make your memory unit so expensive because it has a screen in it. Like I love the idea of it and the gimmick of it. Oh, it was a fantastic idea. It was but just most games, not I don't very think well most games used it. It's kind of like the what Nintendo's been doing lately with their shit. It's mm. like, yeah, the Wii U and there's another screen, but like half the games just put a map on there and be done with it. Yeah. So I was actually 
looking through all their peripherals that they had, and they had a light gun there. Yeah. For the and Dreamcast? For the Dreamcast. Huh. And it was $25. Yeah. I'm like, sweet. And I looked down the end, I looked right at the end, and I see a screen. I'm like, there's a fucking VMU in there. <laughs> I'm going to buy this bastard. <laughs> so I never I never even bought a game that used the light gun. But you had the light gun. But, but, I, but I bought the light gun, and... I pulled out, and there's a second memory unit. I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> in with the light gun. In with the light gun because it had the it had the slot in the light gun as well oh. for for that. And someone so had was just that left just it like in there. Way underpriced then. They hadn't realised. Well, seventy five dollars for a memory unit, yeah, and then whatever then 20, it was for the light gun. And then you got it for all for twenty five bucks. I got it all for twenty five bucks. Nice. So and they they were selling the memory units there at the time for fifty bucks. So already I'm. I, <laughs> I missed the days where light guns worked on. Home TVs, <laughs> like this, that's like the biggest loss of the shift to LED, LCD, LED screens is that you can't play light gun games on them anymore. Oh, especially because um, I I watched a kids react to um, the Nintendo Zapper. Oh yeah, okay. and they could not believe how how it worked. And all that sort of stuff. They were like, but this is ancient. And it's like, it works better than any of the stuff that they use today. And it's like, oh my god, this is so awesome. Oh yeah, because I think even in the arcades and stuff now, those light gun games often use the sort of similar to the, the Wii sort of technology where it's, you're not, if it's, it's not, not quite cal- precise. Yeah, if you're not calibrated right, then you know, you've got to shoot above and to the right of the, of your actual yeah. target. And it just takes it, takes it all away, like takes the immersion away. Although I get, I do recall that happening on some of the the old style ones too. I remember actually going back to bowling, like because I bowled in the league for a while in in high school or at the end of high school. And uh, when I was done and waiting for mum or dad to come pick me up, I'd always play Time Crisis. No, not Time <laughs> Crisis. Um, point Point Blank. Point Blank. Point Blank. The target shooting one. I got pretty good at Point Blank. I thought you were going to say Virtual Cop or whatever it no, was. No, I did like those ones as well, but Point Blank. I, I quite enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, that one started to go out of alignment and you, you had to, sh- yeah, exactly shoot like a little bit up and a little bit to the right of the actual target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so going back to Christmas morning, you were going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story about when I used to mod game consoles. Before yeah. I was a software tester, I worked for a company that that modded game consoles, and we sold a lot of new consoles during Christmas. Yeah, of course. One of the guys that I worked with, he always, you know, wanted to um, get a brand new console, put a chip in into the into the system, close it up, not test it, just chuck it back in the box and sell it brand new. <laughs> and and the ultimate test was that it didn't come back on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so. so it was like, What's the? I don't. I don't really understand. What's the purpose so, of selling it brand new with a chip in it? Well, you can sell it like normally people buy a console and will bring it in, you know, to get a chip. Oh, okay. You're saying just okay. You're saying that they're buying it as a modded console, but as buying, a, buying like, it as, as a, a modded console, console, as a brand new modded console, but because he hasn't tested right. Okay. So the idea was that you put the warranty sticker on you, you you put a little mark on it. That, to show that this is the one that you actually put it down, and you see if you ruin a kid's morning or not. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's pretty dark. 
I was very close to doing it one time, and I'm like, maybe I won't, and I just decided to test it. I was lucky I didn't, because I totally fucked this one up, and it it actually got into a rebooting cycle that every single time that you turned it on, you had to go through the initial setup again. And I was like, ooh, I really fucked this one. Turns out that I blew a fuse in it, <laughs> because, I, because I accidentally bridged a couple of components, so luckily I, I did check that one out, but yeah. um, it was that sort of... That sort of one um, that made me think not to do it. But yeah. God, as as a retail someone in retail, you know, you, there's so much shit that you can you could do to ruin kids' Christmas mornings. Oh God, I mean, so we we had a bit of a tradition for a while that we would buy a new PC game every Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some mornings where there was a lot of disappointment because this is. I mean, it, this is it back in the days, obviously, before Steam, before things were... I don't know. I, I feel like things are at least a little bit more on par now. You don't have so many different sort of PC configurations. Obviously, there are still... Like and also not but, on magnetic media. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. These things came on fucking floppy disks. Five and a quarter, some of them. But, uh, yeah, so there were definitely some warnings. I can't remember any specifically where the game literally didn't work, although I... Definitely know it took a while to get MechWarrior 2 with the fancy Microsoft uh, joystick to work, which had the neck that you could like, Which is weird, rotate. because it was done by Microsoft oh, I specifically know. for MechWarrior 2. Like... Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> this is the thing. It had, you could rotate the neck of the joystick, and I'm, I'm pretty sure... I mean, it was just another axis, so you could probably get other things to support it. But yeah, MechWarrior 2 was mm-hmm. the game that was specifically made to support that so that you could be moving and turn the the head of your mech at the same time. Uh, that one definitely took a little while to get to get working. God, I've forgotten what it was like playing with old flight sticks. Oh yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Oh, fucking hell! But I think I think the biggest disappointment, and Dad's gonna hate hate this if he listens because I rub this in occasionally, <laughs> is because he'd he'd have some say in what we bought, like. It wasn't just they'd they'd find us and surprise us with a with a game. I mean, it, it was for a while, but once I got a bit older, it was like I wanted some say in what we were going to buy. And it, was, it was that we'd go, we'd be, you know, the months leading up to Christmas, I'd stop into, uh, I don't know, what were the what were the fucking PC game stores even called? There was one. At, I remember there was one at Knox I used to really like. Anyway, uh, video games heaven. Maybe yeah, that was yeah. I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of because it might have been even earlier than that but yeah I've forgotten about Video Games Heaven I always remember Video Games Heaven because that's where I first got my original console the Nintendo Entertainment System <laughs> right. for $28 nice this must have been second hand second hand yeah I was going to say there's no way we're not old enough that inflation has gone so much that the original Nintendo was only $27 $26 or whatever <laughs> oh hell no, no. It, th- this is like yeah, this is sort of... Just before ago. I got the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. So it was like 1990 or so. Yeah. And it was secondhand. And then, you know, so it was so it was like the NES for 28 bucks and then the Super NES for 44 Jeez. bucks. Consider- <laughs> well, you know, well, but I was going to say, considering what we talked about last episode, where like Super Nintendo's now are still a couple hundred bucks to buy, like... I guess yep. we're just in that because we're just in that phase now where video games are a bit more of a collector's item, and and maybe those I guess those older ones are are, are a little bit 
more rare, although there must still be fucking millions of them out there. Probably. Yeah, geez, like, that's cheap. But anyway, what I was going to say is the one year we'll try to decide what to what to buy. And I don't know how it came to this, but the two games we were trying to choose between were Star Control 2, and I really liked mm-hmm. Star Control. That was a game that I played a lot. I don't know if you ever played that, but it was... Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was this great sort of... It was almost... Uh, it wasn't quite a... Like, it wasn't a 4X game like now where you're sort of going and, and colonizing planets and stuff. It was more you'd go through the universe and you'd go into these real-time battles against ships and stuff. And there was all these... There was like 12 different types of ships or something that all had different powers and different ways to... Like, different weapons and stuff. But anyway, Star Control 2 was bigger and better. And it was between mm-hmm. that and a game called Robosport, which was a he sort of... Robosport, didn't Which he? was a sort of top-down... <laughs> I'm getting there. Which was a sort of top-down... <laughs> like team-based game where the idea was that you'd program these robots. So it was similar to um, Frozen Synapse that's out now, where it's like you you, mm-hmm. you basically that give... We're, I think we're still halfway through a game of that. <laughs> yeah, probably. But we started... We never actually finished our like first six ever. six years ago. Yeah, God. I really didn't like that game. Uh, I mean, it was okay. and And even the idea here in Robocop was... In Robocop, Robosport was okay, and, and so basically, it's one of these things where you give you've got a, it's turn based, and you give each of your robots a set of commands, and you have you don't necessarily know where the opposing team's robots are, so you sort of say, move here, look in this direction, uh, and and if someone comes into range, like shoot at them, and this other one go you know go over here, and you've got a certain amount of move action points or whatever. But which just... sounds awesome in theory. I mean, it kind of does, it was just, it just ended up being kind of boring and there wasn't much, like there was no, I don't think there was really any campaign or anything, right? Like you just set up a game and play against someone or the computer and that was kind of it. So we kind of got all the fun we could get out of it in one day and it was done and I never wanted to play it again. So anyway, that was just, that was just a bad decision. (laughs) On Dad's part, because yes, he he was opting towards that one, <laughs> and uh, I never let I have never let him live it down. Most games we just well, most years we just bought a new um like Space Quest or something though, or whatever was out. The old good old adventure games. So this isn't necessarily um, this isn't necessarily Christmas. It was my birthday, and I'd just been given the Castle of Doctor Brain. Oh, yeah, I remember that game. Okay. So, they gave it to me, mum and dad gave it to me early, and I just finished martial arts, I used to do martial arts, and dad said, oh yeah, we we can play together, and it took a little while to install. Of course. It took so long, in fact, that he goes, oh, guess what? And, and he basically said, oh, it's now too late, <laughs> you're going to have to go to bed. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's installed so I get to play. <laughs> and I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> I had to go to bed. I wake up the next morning and I, I turn it on and there's a save game there. <laughs> Mum, I've actually played. <laughs> that was almost a, just a kid's game anyway, wasn't it? It was very... Because it was like puzzle puzzles and stuff, right? Yeah, but it had different difficulty levels and right, all that sort okay. of stuff. I was going to say, I had a similar thing with Space Quest Five. I think it was similar in that we got the game... 
It took so long to install. I had to go to bed. But then I had school the next day. And so we couldn't, oh. couldn't play it until I got home from school. And I knew it was waiting there. I don't think Dad played it, but it was just getting through that school day. I still remember that as one of the most frustrating days of my life. Long time was days just going of your life. So slow. And I remember sitting like, and oh, because as a kid, and particularly that was like the like the prime age, because I think I was in year seven, so I was like thirteen or whatever. Like I'd have, I remember having little shivers of excitement when I remembered that I was going to go home and play it, but also just yeah, the frustration of how long that day was. <laughs> uh, oh, it was just killer, killer. Yeah, and that that was a very fun game. That one. Oh, all, all, all that was very hard to finish on your own without Quest. any hint books. Yeah, all the Space Ghost games were really good, and they were kind of they were our series that Dad and I played. Um, whenever a new one come, came mm-hmm. out, we'd play it together, and, and mostly me just watching and him, uh, him controlling. But you know, playing. But yeah, but with <laughs> that sort of game, it, you can be collaborative because it's you know you help you give suggestions and help each other solve the puzzles and stuff. I remember the first game that I that I ever finished of those Sierra games was actually a long time later on. Mm. It was King's Quest Seven. That was the that was the like cell animated looking one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was actually really good. It was almost like a Disney animation yeah, all the way through. Yeah. It was like really quite good. And mum, mum, dad, and I were all playing separate games. Like mum and dad were playing right. together, and I was playing. And it was sort of like, oh, we got to here, and it was like, oh well, I just got to here, and it's <laughs> it was almost like a competition, and we yeah. both finished it. You know, within within a day of each other, I'm pretty sure they beat me yeah. slightly. Be- but that's because I was on holidays at the time when they finished it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's fun. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I love about point-and-click adventure games is that they can be collaborative like that. You just so it's puzzle solving and you're telling a story. And you know, we've gone off track a little bit, and we're basically past our time. But there was one more thing around Christmas that I wanted to talk about because it's fucking weird. So. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know about the elf on the shelf. Is this something you're aware of? Yeah, see, I'm like on the very edge of Facebook at the moment. Right. I'm barely looking at all. So the idea, for those who don't know, behind the elf on the shelf is it's a toy that you buy. I guess it's based on a kid's book, but you buy the book. It usually comes with the book and then you get this elf. And it's like a sort of a stuffed toy or like a, almost a bit like a marionette sort of look. And the idea is that these fucking elves sit on your shelf and watch you all year round and report back to Santa whether you've been good or bad. Oh, fuck that. That is just like, that's just fucking creepy. Like, and you know, and I've seen a lot of things go around. It's like, yeah, this is how we train our kids to live, you know, in in this future of, of surveillance and government surveillance and stuff. But uh, But even aside from just that, like... It's just so creepy, and you're not really going to get your kids to... Like, if your kids are behaving because they think the elf's going to tell Santa, like, then they're just going to misbehave in the other room, right? <laughs> so a lot of people have actually been playing around with the elf on your shelf. Yeah, I've heard. yeah. They're like, pretty... doing weird shit to them and... Yeah, and so some people... Treating them in ice and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing, and of course, like anything, like anything on the internet, like people just just take it to the nth nth degree, of course. But I have heard some people, uh, like they do off on the shelf because 
I mean, of course, kids still want it. Like, they don't understand that it's weird and creepy. Um, but they just make it a bit of a, oh, where's the <laughs> elf? Like, the, the elf moves overnight and you have to find it each time. And it's not about, like, watching. It's just that there's an elf. And, yeah, I, I did see a great series of photos that someone had done of, like, other toys basically just abusing and tying up and doing horrible shit to the elf on the shelf, which was which was kind of funny. Which, that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, that's kind of funny. But I mean, the only reason, the only reason that's funny is because it's so fucking creepy in the first place. Not a, not a big fan of creeping out people. So I think, on that elf on the shelf tangent, I think we'll finish it up there for uh, what will actually be the, I realized the last published Two Sweary Dads for 2016. We'll be recording one by the next episode comes out January 1st. If we manage to make that happen, so... We'll have to do a new, a bit of a New Year's special. You know what we should do? What should we do? We should record in the same room for the first fucking time as our New Year's special. Maybe. We could maybe make that happen. We could make that happen. So, for the last time in 2016, if you want to find us online, you can go to www.twoswearydads.com. At Two Sweary Dads is our Twitter handle. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dads. Email us at podcast at com. You can find us on iTunes, where you can rate, review, subscribe to us there, get updates on our new episodes. We'd like to thank Kuradust for their songs Tonight Party Tonight and Predictive Text. Uh, we'd really like it if you go and listen to our other podcast, Lame Storming, a comedy game design podcast uh, by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. You can find that at lamestorming.com. And you can also check out their Facebook, facebook.com slash lamestorming. Uh, so Ben, any final thoughts? Yeah, what am I going to wake up to on Christmas morning? Go ask your mum. Uh, so Ben, any final thoughts? Yeah, Trevor. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? Go ask your mum. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe I should do it. I think I'll do a different one. Because <laughs> I just realised that that that's kind of sexual. Yeah. <laughs> Go ask your mum. <laughs> I could have said, "Oh, I told your mum last night." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought of another one, but that could be sexual too. I was going to say, "Who's going to pull my sleigh tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> Go ask your mum. <laughs> Yourself, you dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs>